it's not linear. It's not linear is an expression that my wife screams at me from time to time when we get frustrated with anything we're doing. Because nothing's linear. You expect to put one item of effort in and get one item of return. But the world doesn't work like that. It's not linear. Welcome to the Rebel Coaching Series. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. And we have back on the show, Andrew Alinda. Welcome back. How are you? Alan, it is great to be back. I am loving our fortnightly episodes. I'm absolutely loving them. <laughs> well, what a last episode. Mr. Money Mustache gate crashing the episode. Well, he didn't gate crash. I gate crashed his house and invited him on. We got to be fair to him there. But having him on the show, yeah, like this has been fun, this coaching series. It really has. It's one of those where I think when I first started down this road, sending you that email, I couldn't have even fathomed what this would turn into, what the side hustle would turn into, what the podcast episodes would turn into, that I'd gain a whole bunch of new friends, yourself, but also the other people who have been coached, like Jamie and Christina are really, really cool. Yeah, it's really, really a testament of what happens when you put yourself out there. So for anyone listening who's scared of maybe putting themselves out there, you know what Alan would say, send the email, make the call. And you'll be shocked on what happens next. I love it. You can see this has changed because now Andrew's giving the advice to the audience. I love that. Life has definitely changed since we've started. The message I wanted to give you on this show that I just wanted to start with is it's not linear. And it's really interesting. My wife and I have done a chart of our all-time earnings versus our net worth. So how much money have we actually kept? And for the first 11 years of working, how much money do you think I kept, Andrew? I'm not sure. As a percentage, maybe, I don't know, 10? 10%? Actually, as a number, it's pretty easy. Zero. Like I basically didn't have anything to show for 11 years of work. And it's almost as though my net worth had flatlined for a decade and a half before it jumped up that exponential curve at the end. And business isn't linear. Finance isn't linear. Growing a social media account is not linear. You put a huge amount of effort and energy in, nothing happens for a long time. And then suddenly you get noticed, suddenly something happens and it, it takes off. But business and life isn't linear. And then on the other side, I love Gary V. I love Gary Vaynerchuk. He is a little bit of a lunatic. He wanders around telling everyone to hustle, 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 do stuff. And he puts so much pressure on people to do things. And I think there are people who need that pressure just to get off the sidelines. And there's others of us that are doing stuff every day. We know we're doing it. We just have to keep persisting to get to the results. And I think it's being gentle on yourself and doing something every day to move yourself along. And if you do that, the results will come. Like take the action that has been proven to work in the past and the results come. It's not linear. And I think you've been starting to experience a bit of this, Andrew. Yeah, 100%. I think it's one of those where I don't think you fully understand when you've crossed that critical mass until until you cross it. It's 
it's one of those where, so consider where we were at the start of this coaching series. I was making videos week in, week out. I was very much in the business. I wasn't really working on the business. Compare that to where I am now, where I've got a huge backlog of videos prepared for any eventuality. So for example, last weekend we had to travel, no problem, had a video in the bank. We have systems in place that allow us to create far more efficiently. We're reaching out to people. We've got income coming from different angles. If I told you six months ago that this would be what it was like running a YouTube channel, I wouldn't have believed you. And the fact that I'm able to do it alongside (laughs) my day job and still not feel burnt out, that for me is, is incredible. I still can't believe it sometimes. So you're using the the royal we. Is the we for you and your girlfriend? Is she helping you in the uh, channel? What's happening? Yeah, so when it comes to the channel, she's actually phenomenal. Um, I don't think the channel would exist in the way it does without her. She helps me film and she helps me with any of the photo editing that I need to do because I'm an absolute nightmare on Photoshop. Just don't ask me to take a photo or edit a photo. It will not end well. But when it comes to video creation and video editing, that's my jam. That's the bit that takes the lion's share of the time, but I really enjoy doing it. So she helps me with, you know, the little bits here and there, but I feel those little bits are what makes the channel far better in terms of a presentation perspective. She's really good at finding a good shot, a good angle. I kind of just say, this is what I'm about to do. You go away and do whatever you want with the camera. And I'm always pleasantly surprised with whatever she captures. I do think her videoing, sometimes I look back and I'm like, that's a really flattering angle of me. You make me look better than I probably (laughs) am. But hey, it's gone on YouTube, so I don't mind. I love that. It's always like doing things with other people makes such an important difference when you're working on your business. Katie has made such a difference in my life over the years. And I couldn't have done it without her. So anyway, enough of this. Not everything can be rosy, can it? Like, do you have any challenges? What's going on? Where can we help? Or are we just going to sit here and talk nicely about life being amazing? Well, first of all, sometimes it is good to appreciate that life is damn amazing. (laughs) I can see that you're currently sat in front of a absolutely beautiful ranch in Colorado. I'm here in in London. Um, It's okay. London's nice. But um, yeah, I think in terms of challenges, the challenges are a little bit different now because I have a few decisions to make on where I go next. And it's kind of a nice problem to have. This is the sort of problem that I don't think I'd have fathomed having six months ago. I'm in a place now where I'm enjoying my day job. I'm enjoying creating YouTube videos. And quite frankly, the money coming from both is, without sounding really snobbish, it's really, really nice. It's nice. You get a lot of confidence going into your day job knowing that you've got a stream of income coming in from somewhere that's not tethered to a desk. And it's nice going into filming and editing knowing you've got the comforts of, you know, knowing that you've got your emergency funds, you've got your income coming in, you've got savings, you know. So where I'm at now is that I'm starting to think about what comes next. And I think for me, what that looks like really is streamlining this out more but also networking more with other people i have started 
and you'll be really proud of me for this, Alan, I've started reaching out to friends and friends of friends who are linked to fitness in some way, shape or form. And that has actually yielded some really, really great results, which I'll speak about in a sec. But I'm doing that in an effort to try and meet more people, try and see if I can learn in the same way that I learn in my current job, in my day job, learning to get better. Mm. Maybe this is about me reaching out to people who know more than me in the YouTubing world, in the video editing world, in the fitness world, and seeing what I can learn from them. So that's that's the bit I'm keen to do next. So what's the actual decision you're trying to make here? Like you said, challenges are different. You're meeting people, you're learning. What's the actual decision you're trying to make? Because as I listen to you, the saying, if it ain't broken, don't fix it, is coming to mind. The channel's growing nicely. You're putting energy into it. You're doing what you need to do. Do we just need to keep doing the same? Or is there an actual decision you're trying to make? I think so. So I am keen to continue with that. I am keen to really continue with building the videos and making that work and continuing down that stream. But I'm also conscious that the last time I met someone who builds YouTube videos, I learned things that I could have never learned from anywhere else. And I learned them in a matter of hours. So where I'm at now is I want to see if there are other people like that. Like I said, just reaching out to people, less in the sort of, hey, will you sponsor my video type sense? And more in the, I'm looking to work with you, just for mutual benefit, really. Interesting. So I've been staying with my friend, Sean, and we were talking about this the other day. He's been incredibly successful with his own business. And he puts a huge amount of that down to his focus. And he says lots of people get confused between multiplication and division. And they think, okay, I'm going to partner with this person and that will multiply my audience. I'm going to partner with them and it will multiply this. But actually what it's doing is dividing your focus. And I would ask you, where does your focus need to be? Rather than trying to multiply, what we quite often do when we get into this world is we start to divide our focus. And I've done that. I divided my focus by running a gaming conference for kids halfway through running Rebel Business School because it was cool and it was exciting and I thought it would be amazing. But it distracted me for like six months running this thing, putting it on, creating it. I loved it. But I tell you what, Rebel Business School would be a lot further forward if I didn't distract myself by doing random things, if I didn't divide my focus. I actually multiply my results by saying no to things and staying focused on what I need to do. So here's the question for you, Andrew. Where do you need to focus? Where do you need to focus? And everyone listening, you should be answering this along with Andrew. I think my focus right now certainly needs to come with making the content better that's that's always going to be the core element of what i do creating more videos and creating more higher quality videos that's always going to be what i enjoy doing it's what i need to do answering questions that provide value that that will always be the case i guess my question back to you then alan is more around the lines of if i feel like i'm in a place where i've nailed the efficiency of the video creation down I've got a bank of, I don't know, 10, 15 videos ready to go. That's 15 weeks of videos. Is your suggestion more that, say, for example, I put out more of those videos, maybe more regularly, 
therefore focusing on the videos and the video creation, getting more out there. I know for a fact that would yield better results. And the thing mainly holding me back from that is that I'm not sure I could maintain two videos a week. Or do I, now that I've got this bank of content, and everybody knows in YouTube that content is currency, do I now see what could be yielded from outreach? So like you said, a distraction, but maybe a distraction that might be worth it if I've got my quote-unquote bank of videos ready, planned and ready. Does, does that make sense? Yes, I think I understand. So let me give you some thoughts and then you can pick through them and find the nugget of gold. My thoughts are, uh, a couple of episodes ago, we spoke to Andrew McDonald. And when I first met him, he had content, but he didn't promote. He didn't promote. And my theory is, and I do this as well, I've got incredible content. I've got content on the podcast. I've got content on the blog. I've got three coaching series. I've got six recorded ready to go. I should stop creating content and I should start promoting the value that I've already created to reach a broader audience and find people. Because there does come a stage where, you know, more, 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 like you've got lots of value in what you've got. Promote calisthenics around the world. Become a calisthenics ambassador. Find people, bring them to your channel, increase the size of the pie for everyone. Like for me, if you've got your bank of content, you will supercharge your journey on this with promotion and finding a new audience. Yeah, I think that's it. I think this whole coaching series has certainly taught me about the lots of different ways that I can do that. Certainly at the start of this coaching series, my promotion was very passive. It was very, oh yeah, I'm going to post this on Instagram and hope that people then go from Instagram to my YouTube channel. <laughs> I think that's the route that many people take. But the route that certainly has yielded great results is reaching out to people with their own spheres of influence seeing what you can do once you get talking to to basically professionals in in this world that they're people that do this for a living and one thing i've certainly found from this is that people are very willing to help if you show that you've got credibility you put a shift in you're polite you're on time <laughs> you know relatively simple things that are all free and i've certainly found that that's beneficial Ultimately, one thing I've noticed is that once you start emailing people, once you start chatting to people that are professionals in this business, people that are willing to work with you and they do this as a living, you'll find yourself really supercharging the sort of reach that you have, the sort of people that you can get in front of, the sort of value you can add. But I think we all have this fear around rejection or I shouldn't put myself out there because they might say no. Well, what if they don't? What if they don't? I think over the course of the last six months, I've been rejected so many times sending out these emails and <laughs> making these phone calls. And you know what? Off the back of it, I've got some really great success despite all of those rejections. I love that. So a couple of questions for you. First one is you're doing the outreach to the other professionals. How much promotion are you doing to find new audiences? So most of my promotion comes through my social channels. It comes through me reaching out to other Facebook groups. That, that's one thing I started doing. I sit and wait for people to ask calisthenics questions on lots of different other calisthenics groups. And almost all the time, I have a video that answers somebody's question. And that's actually been really, really beneficial. And 
I, I guess that's it. That's it. So basically trying to show people that there's value here without being too pushy with it. And that's where I've, I've noticed a lot of traffic coming from. I love that. That's a fantastic method is finding people in the groups who are asking questions. You've got content that answers it. I absolutely love that. Have you ever searched on Twitter for people asking questions about calisthenics? I haven't, actually. I'm, I'm not particularly active on Twitter. For some reason, I don't know why. I just, I, I haven't. It's a untapped well, I think. I mean, if you want a strategy, everyone listening to this to finding customers, go find people who have problems with what you solve and who are asking questions on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can search for them. You can find them. You can see what they're saying, see what they're asking, and you can supply an answer. You can supply content. You can supply a solution. You can offer ideas. It's an incredible way to find people who are actively wanting to learn about your subject to build an audience. And if you search calisthenics on Twitter, there's three or four, five messages a minute about the different parts of calisthenics. So my idea is, well, why not answer some of these people and just give it a go and spend half an hour answering questions about calisthenics on Twitter and then on Facebook. And if you're ahead on content, start promoting the content to the individuals who are out there who actually want to learn about it. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. I think knowing that, I don't know why I've never looked at Twitter. I've never thought of Twitter when it comes to fitness content. But I mean, there clearly must be something that you're getting what is it, four or five tweets a, min a minute? That's substantial. And yeah, I, I'm certainly going to look into that immediately after this call because I've found that by asking, answering people's questions, the amount of people that then stick around to watch subsequent videos is phenomenal. I wouldn't be shocked if a large majority of subscribers have come from me just answering people's questions not saying, you know, I'm not going into the comment section and being like, hey, look at my video, watch it and then subscribe. I'm basically saying like, look, you have a problem. This five minute video fixes that problem. Make of that what you will. And they almost always subscribe. These people always leave lovely comments on the video afterwards. You know, it's so nice when you get that, that comment off the back of somebody who's clearly been in either pain or struggling with something and they go, this video really helps me this really took me to the next level. That is something that you, I don't think I get from anywhere else. And it's so encouraging that it doesn't feel like work when you're messaging these people, when, when these people are putting in these comments and, and you're replying to their questions. It doesn't feel like work because, like I said, it's just so value added. So I would suggest scaling your promotion in that way. And I had an interesting chat this week with someone who was running a conference. And she's running this giant conference. Last year, she did all of the broadcast social media. So she did the, here's my conference, buy your ticket. We've got these speakers. Blah. She's putting it all out into the world and really promoting it. And this year, someone said to her, why don't you try personally inviting people? And her initial reaction was, that's going to take a long time. How can I personally invite a thousand people? Well, doesn't take that long to drop them a line on social media and say, I'd love to see you there. Have you thought about this? Find people with questions. And she started doing the personal outreach with individual messages and inviting people. And the results have been spectacular, spectacular. And I don't know if you remember in the Jamie coaching series, I was telling her 
like let's go on to twitter instagram let's find the people individually message them individually jamie at the start was very resistant to the idea because of the amount of energy and even after we'd done it and it worked she was still resistant to doing more of it people think this like i don't want to put my time into engaging and getting those people on a one-to-one basis but I tell you what, if you get those people on a one-to-one basis, they will become your biggest fans and then they will start to engage people and they will start to engage people. And that's when you see the exponential growth. But it all comes from the individual messages reaching out to people. So instead of focusing on more content, why don't we spend a couple of weeks focusing on more engagement and see what happens? Yeah, and I don't know why people have such a resistance to that. I know I certainly used to have a resistance to that. I certainly feel far better about it now, now that I've seen the evidence of how well it can work. I don't know what stops people from doing it. All I can say is that I've tried it and it's worked for me. I know that sometimes it's very easy for me to just sit down at my laptop, spend 30 minutes answering someone's questions, dropping a link to a video and that person becoming a super fan. I've seen it work. And yet, even after doing that in the early days, I was still resistant to spending time doing that. And I don't know why. I I don't know what sort of self-sabotage it is that we get when we put people on an individual basis. One thing I think that always helps me with that is knowing that, you know what, this person has a problem. You're helping them probably free of charge. So my content at the point where they watch it, they don't have to pay for anything. I'm not asking them to pay me. I'm not selling them anything. So by all accounts, it's almost greedy if you keep that information to yourself. Go out, talk to people, you know, get your voice out there and you'll be shocked at what comes back to you. I think you say quite a few times, Alan, if you help enough people get what they want, you will get what you want. I probably butchered that quote somehow. But I've seen that myself firsthand. Yes, I do repeat that so many times. Help enough other people get what they want and you can have anything you want in life. And it does make such a difference. So if you're listening to this right now, get on your social media platform of choice. But I don't care if it's text message, email, social media and message five people. Like find someone who's asking a question about your area of expertise message them send them a message say here's my thoughts here's my answer here's this here's that start talking to people it is so powerful if you're listening to this right now pull out your phone and send five messages right now this stuff genuinely works so you've developed a bit of time because you're ahead now you're wondering what to do with the time we could do promotion We spoke a long time ago about the email list and a one-page website. Give us a quick update on the email list and the one-page website. So the email list I've put out three times on various different social channels. I think it stands at about 50 strong right now. I've had issues with the one-page website, though, because every time I edit it, it seems to break. So that's Uh. been a little bit of a problem. But... I'm yet to do much of it. I think I've sent one promotion email about a particular video that came out once. And I think the open rate was, <laughs> it was somewhere in the region of about, I think like five odd percent, which for 50 people isn't terrible, but 
I, I could certainly do more to push that. I think when it comes to YouTube, I rely heavily on the, the YouTube tools. But what I like about the email list is that this is stuff that's in my control. So I'll give you an example. If I publish a video tomorrow, YouTube will decide when it sends that push notification to you based on the likelihood of you opening that video. That is a really powerful tool. Yes. But it's a tool that YouTube could change on a whim. Like If they wanted to, they could go, okay, similar to Facebook, they could go, well, you know what? We're not showing your content anymore. Whereas an email list, something I control, something that I can send out on my own volition, I think that's what attracts me so much to that avenue. And yeah, I could certainly do more with it. I just haven't yet. And it's not binary. It's not one or zero. You don't just use YouTube form or a mail list. It's about making them both work. And the mail list is such a powerful tool. If you come to release a a coaching product, if you come to release an event, like it's difficult to promote it on YouTube and get an instant out there to your audience. The mailing list is where the power is. It's unbelievable what you can do. For one of our events businesses, we have a mailing list is in, it's like four to 5,000 people. You send out one mailing list, the entire event sells out. And it is so, so powerful. Like if you developed a bit of time, I would be going, what do we need to do on promotion? Let's fix this website. Like maybe we need a professional just to help us get it over the line for a little bit. Maybe we can ask a friend to help us get over the line. Let's fix the one page website. Let's embed a couple of our YouTube videos, start the mailing list. And then, you know, you only have to write one email every one to two months saying, here's my latest three videos. I'll be training at this gym on Tuesday if you want to hang out. (laughs) I'm doing a Facebook Live answering questions, or I'm doing a YouTube Live answering questions. Tune in at this time with a bit more engagement. Like You don't have to do a lot, but it'll really make you stand out. And for the people who love you, it's a way to get closer to you. Yeah, 100%. I think navigating all these avenues of promotion has certainly been quite intimidating. But like I said, I've seen that where you go to the areas that probably intimidate you most, that's probably where you're going to get the most results. So I know when I first put out that mailing list, I wasn't expecting anyone to sign up. And then I think the first time I did it, I got 20 odd people signing up. I've done it two times since then. Another mailing list sits at about 50 odd people. And yeah, now I start to double down. And 50 people sound small. But these are probably going to be 50 of the most committed people for the fact that they've not only subscribed to a YouTube channel, but they've also signed up to a mailing list. These are probably going to be people that are highly engaged. So why not put a little bit more effort into to those guys? Absolutely. And there's no reason why at the end of one of your next videos, you can't say, go to my website, sign up for the mailing list, and you can hear about when I'm training at this gym or doing this or whatever it is the latest thing. There's no reason why you couldn't do that. Or if you're getting given samples of protein powders and different things, do a giveaway, pass it straight on to your audience and say, I'm doing a giveaway, sign up to the mailing list, da da da. Like you can build your list. Everyone listening to this, I don't really care what business you're in. The number one asset in your business is your list. If you're in a construction business, 
finding the people who are building homes and having a list of all the possible people who could need you. If you're in a cake business, having a list of all the people and their birth dates and when they might want a cake. If you're a YouTuber, having a list of people that you can promote to and send to. Like the number one asset in your business is your list. If you're listening to this and you don't have a list, naughty, let's start one. If you're listening to this and you do have a list, are you using it? Are you promoting to it? Are you building it? Such an incredibly powerful tool. And if I'd have had someone saying this to me when I started all those years ago, I would have a huge list, Andrew. But I didn't. I only really started about two years ago. After about 10 years of career, I was a fool. Don't make the mistakes I make. Make some new mistakes. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I guess that's the that's the benefit of speaking to people who have done it before you. Take that advice and, well, use it, which is what has allowed the business to grow to what it is today. If you've got 50 people on that list, how long would it take you to email them all individually? I mean, probably not particularly long. I'm not sure. And those are your super fans. What do you think the impact of individually emailing your super fans would be? Yeah, it would probably be absolutely insane. Hmm. Yeah, I imagine emailing them one by one. I guess it would depend on what I'm emailing them, but maybe they'd be more inclined to, to share it. Maybe they'd be more inclined to promote it themselves if I had 50 people or going on and sharing the videos that I was creating, 50-odd people doing that, that would be extremely beneficial and probably lead to some particularly exponential growth. So you could email them and say, you joined my mailing list. How is your calisthenics journey? How are you getting on? I'm just emailing people off the list individually, randomly, just to say hello. I want to engage. How are you getting on? Is there anything you're struggling with? How are you... Which is your favorite video? I'm always interested to know. Thank you for subscribing to the channel and joining the list. Let me know what you think. Literally noting that down right now because that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, this is definitely something I'll, I will try. I think it's one of those, I just haven't done it yet, but I know it would yield really beneficial results. Like I know how I feel when people and companies that I'm interested in reach out to me or even email me back off the back of the outreach that I've been sending out. So there are probably people out there that would feel exactly the same if I emailed them. So yeah, I'll definitely try it. Okay. So what are you committing to? You know, I'm going to ask that question. What are you committing to? What are you going to do? Give me specifics and dates. Yeah, I am committing to sending a personal email to everybody on my, on my mailing list just to find out, I don't know, just casual questions like, oh, what are you doing? What like to push towards your calisthenics goals at the moment? How did you find the channel? That's one that I'm always interested to hear when people tell me that. This is a question I've asked in the past. What would they like to see more of? Because these are my most engaged fans. If if there's some correlation between what they all like, then that's something to definitely double down on. It's data that I could mine particularly easily because I'm hearing it straight from the horse's mouth rather than YouTube analytics, which is really powerful tools, but you can't really get the sort of like qualitative data that you get from just speaking to somebody. But essentially speaking to my viewers, speaking to my subscribers. It's connecting with people. It is all about connecting with people. And let me just give you a second idea 
one of the things I did at the end of season one of the podcast was I did a survey and I asked all of my listeners, what happened? What did you like? What did you not? I did this huge survey. I can tell you which episodes they thought were the most valuable. 46% of people said the most valuable episode was five ways to start a business with no debt. They really liked the money mustache one. That actually didn't make it into the most valuable episodes. It made it into the most downloaded. So it's quite interesting when you look at the different things. His episode was my most downloaded episode of season one. And then you look at where people are coming from. I asked my audience, what stage of business are you in? Like, how long have you been running your business? What stage of business are you in? Are you just thinking about starting? Are you already running it? I run a side hustle around full-time employment. I better understood my audience so I could do better episodes. And that engagement, like I found Jamie for coaching series two through that engagement. David Allen, like my hero, David Allen of Getting Things Done, came on the podcast because I sent out that feedback survey. And I individually emailed the people back saying, thank you for feeding our survey. Some of them wrote answers saying, I'm struggling with this, and I would write answers back. And it created this massive energy around the podcast. The other thing you could do is survey and engage your audience, like create a simple Google form asking a bunch of questions. And then at the end of the next video, say, I really want to add more value. I want to help. I want to understand you. Go to this Google form, fill out the link. You can find it on my website. Join my mailing list if you want, and I'll email it to you. But survey your audience and then just connect with people. Like there's unbelievable value for you in promotion with connecting with people, whether it's new people you reach out to, your existing audience, your mailing list. I think the theme of this is connection, Andrew. Yeah, I agree. I think as things stand, I've done this pretty much alone for all intents and purposes. But like I said at the beginning, there, there's value in networking. There's value in talking to people. There's value in putting yourself out there. And you can't be scared to do that. I know old Andrew, 2020 Andrew, would have literally been reeling at the idea of emailing <laughs> 50 people individually. But 2021 Andrew is a wiser man. And yeah, I, I would happily commit to that. Alan, you've got that on the podcast. I am committing to emailing out individually to my mailing list you heard it here first guys perfect well next episode that's what i'm going to start with did you do it what happened who did you speak to that's exactly what i'm going to start with and one of the things you said about promotion and that sort of thing is it can become overwhelming like there's so many things you could do and i remember a couple of my friends were launching a book and they were overwhelmed by they'd read blogs on how to promote a book you know there's these blog articles that here's 50 ways to promote your book and if you're not doing all of them you're an idiot and they give you so much pressure and so many things to do after speaking to them for a while we boiled it down to what's the top three things that will make the biggest difference number one number two number three do those do them consistently do them well and that's it then relax and they did, they chose their three things. One was to build a mailing list, two was the super fans, and there was a third one. And they did those. They actually became a bestseller book. It was unbelievable how well they did, but it's boiling it down to the three things. 
And I think for promotion for you, Facebook groups is working. Just expand that slightly to Facebook groups, Instagram questions. Maybe it's uh, Twitter questions like, where can you find more people to answer questions? That's, I think, a fabulous route. Maybe number two is the email list, developing it, working on it, get that one-page website done, email the customers, like just get that part of your world working. And then maybe there's a third. And if you can just do those three simple things and consistently do a little bit each day on those things, you will be shocked at how much compounded growth you have over the next year from doing that. Yeah, 100%. And I'm more than happy to commit to that. Because like I said, I've seen how this stuff has worked over the last couple of months, putting myself out there, seeing how people respond. I'm actually quite excited to do this. And people are going to be receiving something <laughs> more very, very soon. I love that. I'm also interested to find out when you don't answer 100% to one of my statements and you go, I'm 95% certain that you're correct, Alan. Nearly every answer you've given tonight, you're 100% certain this will work, <laughs> which I love it. So... What do you think your top three things are that you want to do to promote the channel? And if you're listening to this, ask yourself this question. What are the three things that I need to focus on to build my business, to find clients? What are the three things that I want to do consistently over the next few weeks to build this business? Because if we boil it down to three simple things, it makes it possible achievable. So what's the three things you're going to focus on on promotion? I think the first thing is definitely to build a system around answering more questions. Currently, I answer questions kind of as and when I see them. I, I could certainly hunt for questions a lot more than I do. So say, for example, if I've got a system where in the morning for the first, well, to be fair, it'll probably be better in the evening. In the evening, for the last 15 minutes before I wrap up for the day and head towards the gym, I message people who are experiencing issues send them solutions to their problems and just talk to them that's number one number two is this one-on-one -on -one emailing the value of having a relatively small email list is that you can be personal relatively easily it's not that hard to send 50 emails let's be honest and the third one hmm the third one is I think I'm going to do what I said at the beginning. I think I'm, I say I think I will message a whole bunch of people that are in my friendship group that I've, you know, I looked on LinkedIn and I saw that they are basically in industries that are very, very fitness related. And these are people that I've known from school, known from uni. These are people that already know a little bit about me. And if they can help, I know that they will. And yeah. Those are the three things I'm going to double down on. I absolutely love that. When you're messaging these friends on LinkedIn and different places, do make sure you start with connecting with them, asking them how they are, asking them what they're up to. The key to being interesting is to be interested. So the first step is always connect, connect, connect. Ask them how they are, ask them what they're up to, be interested in their world. That's absolutely the key, which I know you will. I just wanted to say that to everyone listening as well. Yeah, 100%. I think it's very easy when you are trying to build something to be very tunnel vision. You put the blinkers on and kind of forget about everybody else existing. But the fact of the matter is, if you want to work with people, you also have to be cognizant of the challenges they're going through, their life problems, their life goals. 
you know, what does it say? Behind every business goal is a personal goal. These are things that everybody faces. So see how you can tap into those. And the good news is, if you already know them a little bit, there's already an avenue for you to start to speak to them. So today, even I messaged someone that I went to secondary school with. We haven't spoken in nearly a decade, showing my age there. But, you know, he's messaged back and I haven't even spoken about the channel yet. And that could be the start of something really, really beneficial. I love that. And for those of you listening, Andrew has broken down his promotional strategy into three simple things. Build a system around answering more questions, one-to-one emailing to the list and messaging his LinkedIn people. And he's got something simple, practical that he can do over the next couple of weeks. And that's what promotion and marketing should be, is simple, practical steps that we can test and see what happens. And then we come back in two weeks' time and go, we did all this stuff, what worked, we measured the results, and then we see what we want to double down with and where we want to go next. And your challenge, Andrew, if you're up for this, is next time we chat to have a different expression to answer my points with other than 100%, Alan. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Yeah, I do use that a lot. (laughs) Um, That's definitely an Andrewism. I I do like that phrase quite a lot. Uh, Awesome. So, Andrew, I do want to check in. We did an entire episode on affiliate links with Andrew McDonald of Tech Team GB. What happened? Did you do your homework? Did you fire Genius? Did you set up some affiliate links? What happened? Yeah, so first of all, I took all of Andrew's advice. Andrew was beyond helpful. He actually emailed me after the recording as well to just make sure that I fully understood locally links. It's it's ironic. He basically did a lot of the things we've spoken about right now. He messaged me personally. He helped me get set up. He helped me understand and navigate all the different aspects of Amazon affiliate links, etc. And then I just went back. I went back to all of my historic videos and made sure I put links higher up the fold, added these links, made sure that I had references to all of the different Amazon products. And what I've seen so far is that I have been missing out on an income stream because I haven't pushed these links anywhere. All I've done (laughs) is put them in the description of every single one of my videos. These are products that I use day in, day out. These are products that I know add value. And there was, like, I had a lot of faith that Andrew knew what he was saying because, I mean, he's clearly made a living off of it. But there was a lot of doubt in my head when I put those links in because I thought, oh, who's going to click on these links? Like, I don't have the scale to make this valuable. But the first week I did it, I got 81 clicks. 81 clicks. Wow. Like I said, I'm not pushing this anywhere in a week. That was a week when I didn't have, and I think I got something see like 30 odd orders from Amazon and you get a small commission off of each one. Wow. And in my head, I was like, well, where was this 18 months ago? (laughs) (laughs) So what was that worth to you? What did that actually generate? Yeah. So that translated to about 11, maybe 12 pounds, which isn't huge in the grand scheme of things, but considering I earned that basically copying and pasting something into videos that already exist, that is massive. So to put that into perspective, actually, so my videos earn about, I think, three and a half dollars per thousand views, right? Yep. So that 10 to 12 quid from Amazon 
is the equivalent of three, maybe 4,000 views. That is really, really encouraging to know that people are, are clicking on these links and supporting the channel in, in their own unique way. It's also a second advertising stream. It's a second income stream with no extra work because you can be paid for the advertising by Google and earn money on the affiliate links. So you've basically doubled your income. I 100% agree. It's it's when... <laughs> definitely an Andrewism. But yeah, I definitely agree. When you've got different streams of income, it, it, it I can't speak of it highly enough. It just feels great. You feel so secure. You feel very empowered to go off and try different things. You're coming from a place of strong foundations because you know that what you're putting out there adds value. Other people clearly know that what you're putting out there adds value. So when it comes to things like recommending products, it's a win-win for everyone. They're getting an easier job of finding these products. You're getting a little bit of commission at no extra cost to them for buying these products. You're getting money from advertisers. You're getting money from companies who want to promote. When you see all of this start to take shape, it's very, very hard not to get the giddies, which I certainly have a case of right now. That is fantastic. I'm so happy that you took action. You did it. You've seen some initial results. And this will only build over time. We just need to keep going. I am so happy. And this actually brings us back to the opening thought of the episode. It's not linear. Andrew's done some work. He started off with £12 in his first week, which is phenomenal. That's about $15, $18 if you're American. That's a great start, but it's not linear. Imagine if we keep going with the channel growth like it is, with what's happening with the mailing list. Imagine if we keep going for the next year with that kind of growth through the advertising, the affiliate links. It's not linear. This is a fantastic start, and it's only going to keep growing. Yeah, I think this is the thing that I've certainly seen so often in this whole wacky, wacky journey. When you start to see that exponential growth, when you notice that the gains that you made on day one are snowballing your gains on day 500, it's very hard not to get excited about that because this is efficiency that you front-loaded. So you front-loaded your effort I front-loaded learning how to edit videos. I front-loaded learning how to do some of these exercises. I front-loaded all of this, all of this knowledge of building websites and, you know, even, even simple things like public speaking. I don't consider myself the strongest public speaker. The idea of putting my face in front of a camera every week terrified me at the beginning, and you can see it. But this all builds. It really does. It really all builds. You get to a point where sometimes you look back I can put my recent, most recent video up alongside my earliest video and the difference is stark. The difference is laughable. But you know what? That first video is still doing a lot of work to help promote this latest video. It's bringing in people. It's making money. It's turning people into fans. And you can't get away from that. You can't get away from how positive that exponential growth is. We talk about compounding in FI and we talk about compounding with savings often, but Let's talk more about like compounding with effort, you know, putting your effort in at the beginning is going to be overwhelmingly what kind of gets you over the edge when you're successful. You will look back at those days and go, you know what, it was worth me sitting down and watching five YouTube videos about how to take better YouTube videos. 
it was worth me sitting down and reading a book about how to publicly speak or build a business or it was worth me listening to that podcast on how to start a business with no money. I'm so glad I didn't put the house up for the bank loan. I think you look at the beginning and you don't realise how valuable it is until you get to that critical mass and then you realise, you know what, this was really, really, really valuable. (laughs) Yes, it's only in hindsight that you realise how valuable it actually is. I think that is a fantastic message to come to the end of the episode on. Andrew, you've committed to emailing 50 people on your mailing list, uh, which I'm very excited to hear what happens next time. If you are listening to this, there's three main messages I want you to take away from this episode. The first is the power of one-to-one communication. Even if you've got a big business, even if you're trying to reach thousands of people, the power of one-to-one communication is unbelievable. Send more individual messages, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, emails, text messages. Get your phone out and send some messages. The second thought is break your promotional marketing plan down into three things. Make it easy, make it achievable, make it something you can do every day and do those things. Marketing doesn't have to be a giant complex thing if you are a small business owner working on your own. Break it down to three things and then take action on those. And the third and final message is it's not linear. You'll put the effort in, you'll put the effort in, you'll put the effort in, and you might be waiting some time for those results to come back. Keep going, keep working, keep pushing, keep doing it every single day. And it's unbelievable where you'll get to. Go out there, have fun, make money and do good. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.